Welcome to K-12 Tech Talk with Josh, Chris, and Corey, but Josh is not here. Today, we talk about ISAC and how it can help your district. We go over some FCC announcements on device funding and internet access. Uh, we talk end-of-the-year checkout with teachers, giving teachers laptops, and we realize that we carry Josh far more than he carries us. Have a listen. <laughs> All things technical in K-12. This is K-12 Tech Talk Podcast with Josh, Chris, and Corey. Live from the somethingcool.com studios, this is the K-12 Tech Talk Podcast with Josh, Chris, and Corey, except Josh isn't here. Where's Chris, he how's it going? I, I don't know. It's like, hey, well, he's apparent. Supposedly, he said he texted us a week ago, like, "Hey, I can't record on Thursday night." Then all of a sudden, it was like, "Oh, I can't do, I can't do Wednesday night either." Drama. So I don't know. He's always drama, and he has like the easiest life out of all of us. One kid in high school, he lives a mile from work. Like he works, and he goes home. They eat dinner at four fifteen. Like, I don't know what's going on. Did you catch the story with him about his flood in the office? Did you guys talk much about that? I mean, we were in that, you know, texting back and forth, but I didn't really know. What I happened. mean, in the discord, he just said, great start to the week. Office was flooded when I walked in. And of course, we I mean, the, the audience is starting to learn, Josh, but a flood was like, I guess the base, the, the bat, their office bathroom had leaked a little bit onto the floor and it did, I guess, creep <laughs> into the server room, which is concerning, but right. So I remember years ago, uh, it was AT&T running new stuff into our main server room and they had put in the conduit, uh, but they didn't seal it. So the first good rain that we got, there was just like you could hear like a water fountain and it was over summer. And it, it was a room that I don't normally walk into. And I just happened to want to go in there for some reason. And I could hear water like constantly like coming like a, like a flow of water. And I opened the door and there's just there's just water coming like uh, like, you know, like a student, like a water fountain, like just a stream of water coming into the server room. And then they said, I'm pretty sure it was AT&T. I don't, I don't think it was charter then. Uh, but the, the construction dudes just forgot to seal the conduit up after they <laughs> ran the cabling and stuff. Ah, It was fine. Ah. As long as you have good backups, <laughs> it doesn't matter. So what's been going on this week? Um, well, for me, the highlight of my week has been uh, – I want to let me make sure I say this right. The acronym, the acronym is ISAC. Um, and actually, I'll give Josh props. He he has been uh, he's been uh, following down this path um, of uh, getting like uh, security audits done. And then he found this uh, program, this government funded program that you have to become a member. Uh, but for school districts um that it the membership is free <coughs> sorry and then once you become a member they that opens you up to all kinds of stuff this the easiest one is the first thing you can you can send an e uh, uh email to this uh email address and with your external range and then your domains and they'll just monitor your traffic 
Now there's no, there's no reporting on that. There's no portal. Um, they'll just monitor it. And then the, and they monitor if your website gets defaced. Okay. So that was, they only alert you though. If like, there's like, they detect something major. It's not like, uh, I can go in and like, Oh, see what we're doing. Um, Step two, which is cooler and in a new service they offer, is where they will do uh, certain things such as a vulnerability scan, a web apps scan, a phishing campaign, and then a full-on pen test. And you can select, like, which of those four you want to do. Um, and, again, that and that's free as well. So I actually signed my district up for a web apps app scan, and then you tell them, like, the URLs you want them to scan. And I also signed us up for a vulnerability scan um, where they, they kind of, I think it, the vulnerability screen is more scripted. They just kind of poke around with scripts and stuff to see if they can get in anywhere. Um, I do know the phishing campaign seems legit. Like they said, uh, like normal, uh, and I won't say the vendor we use to fish our staff now, but it's very like, you know, like you send a fake email there's an attachment. They click the attachment and all it says is like, oh, this was sent by us. Right. We need, you know, like bad job. Well, right. apparently the ISAC phishing campaign is, no, they'll fish and then they'll see how far they can get into the computer and then they let you know. Wow. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's actually pretty intense. And then their pen test is like the level four where it's real humans like, the, and, and from what Josh said is like, they'll, they will get in. Like he spoke to ISAC or he watched a webinar and they said, no, we'll get in. Uh, and then they give you, so I, so I'm not going to, I'm not there yet. Uh, or I'm not going to fish my staff on the last week of school so that I'm going to save those things. But the vulnerability scan seems like a pretty easy step one to like, Hey, we're, you know, we for sure found, found some, uh, some issues and they do give you a report on that. You said that was membership that you bought into. Like, how much was no, the membership? It's free. free. Yes. Is this? Uh, I'm learning about this. I mean, Josh has been talking about it, but is this the deal that's related to like the Department of Homeland Security? Yes. Um, it's a, it's I am. Uh, I'm trying to talk and pull up my email at the same time. Uh, it is. I'm almost there. Center for Internet Security. Okay. Is, uh, is who offers it. And it's, it was actually, you know, and there, there are steps like you have, if your school district's not a member, which mine was not, you apply for a membership and they do do some legit like identity validation that you say who you are. then after that, it's like, Oh, you want to do this? Okay. Here's sign this form. You want to do this, sign this form. But like, I started this entire process a week ago today, last Thursday. And they sent me an email this morning saying you're done. Like you're on the list for a vulnerability scan and they don't let you know when it happens. They just let you know when it's over because they send you a report. So, you know, not, there's not a terrible like length of time it takes to become a member or like get registered. Right. Okay. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'm reading about it as well as we banter. And Josh, he had his scan, and I, we haven't heard how it went. I just, I mean, he was in freakout mode when he realized it was happening. But we're waiting on his results. Well, yes, uh, I, 
now I don't know if he's now so sure that he it was a scan or actual legit, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure because uh, the 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 vulnerability scan they give you a list of IPs so, so that you can watch it. Well, come to find out, it actually that IP wasn't one that was hitting him. So yeah. oh, I'm sure he's fine. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, maybe that's why he's not with us tonight too. So right, he's down. <laughs> uh, so did you read about? Uh, the FCC launching like the seven plus billion dollar connectivity fund thing. Did you read about that this week? You know, I read what I read was like the posting. Like I'm not dug into it or, or, or contacted like the state's E-rate coordinator about it. Right. So, I mean, super interesting. We can post a link to this um, as well. Uh, but I mean, I know I read some stuff in there just real quick about student devices. You can get those things 100% paid for, like up to like 400 bucks a device. And it's running through E-rate, running through USAC uh, based upon your free reduced population. Uh, so, you know, we've benched about E-rate quite a bit. So, again, it's new news. But if if it's very similar to that, the I, I imagine the application process will be similar. Yeah, and apparently the posting said that it will it will go through E-rate. That's how the funds will be dispersed. Like, and, and like, I honestly, I read it from like a, a very popular website, like Ars Technica or something. Like <laughs> it wasn't like I got an email from yeah. Desi or someone. Yes. Like it was like, like I saw it on Twitter and that's how I was like, what is this? That's how I, that's how I found out about it. Cause it says it will enable schools and libraries to purchase laptop and tablet computers, right. Wi-Fi hotspots, and broadband connectivity for students, school staff, and library patrons. Right. So I guess I the thing that blows my mind with all this, because of course it's tied to COVID-19. Not that COVID-19 is over with, but all this money's coming. Like we already got through like the school year of being at home and we're getting all this money for technology for kids to be at home. And I don't know, it just feels weird to me. It's the government well, moving slow. I was going to say it's 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 a retroactive thing. Like, well, a bunch of like uh, our statewide ISP sent surveys out. And a bunch of schools, I think you may have like sent a survey out. Like, yeah. Who has internet at home? Who has this? So I think this is the retroactive action to to all those surveys. Is like, hey, if this ever happens again, COVID two, yes. like you know, we want districts to be more prepared. I did this week too, and I mean, it's, it's related to all this. Uh, had a quick phone call from my superintendent. I help him convert like a Word doc to a PDF so we can push it out with Blackboard and get it to our parents and stuff. And it was coming from our food services director. Uh, and then I pulled it up and it was talking about uh, broadband. And I was like, what? Like, what is she sending out? Well, it's just this whole bit too. It's called the... Uh, uh, emergency broadband benefit program. Again, free reduced lunch program. You can get as a student, if you qualify for that, it says you can be eligible for $50 discounted from your monthly internet bill, uh, which again, I find super interesting. And I think my concern with stuff like this, I know this was kind of talked about years ago for like even like college kids to be able to apply for E-rate for like getting internet access. And the concern that I have is K-12 is like, how much pie, you know, how many pieces of the pie can we give out here? This of course seems like it's coming from the 
I don't know the money that our government is just printing right now because of COVID stuff. But that's my concern. If this becomes long game, uh, that our E-rate funding as a K-12 gets impacted. Well, and I guess, I mean, they, they announced it, but you assume I'm talking about the, the 7.2 billion here. Yeah. Like they announced it last week or this week, but like this upcoming school year's E-rate is done. So unless they do like some sort of fall cycle, which they kind of did that last year where all they did was like they reopened it up and you could get more internet. Like, yes. you know, and, they went in my, and we, my school district, we actually did utilize that and we increased our bandwidth. Uh, so, you know, like, but this like 471s are done, you right. know, you're, you're past that window. So it's like, are they going to like it, Basically, is this going to hold around for six months or, or are they going to be like, hey, in the fall, you here's a second window and you can buy stuff. And then it's like, that's going to be super interesting, like buying, if it's true, like buying devices with E-rate money, like yeah. that's going to be right. Like that, that are back on that are mostly on back order right now. Anyway, by the way, you know what I mean? Right. Like we're getting into a really interesting spot here. I did quick read. It said applicants will be able to submit requests for funding for purchases made between July 1st, 2021 and June 30th, 2022. So again, like, how's that play so, out? Do you have to apply and they approve or can you just buy and then you get reimbursed? I don't know. It's crazy. Yep. You want to, you want to hit up our sponsor real quick? We can. Which one? Something cool. Sure. Somethingcool.com. Uh, Jeremy Porter at sales at somethingcool.com. He's a good guy, that Jeremy Porter. Uh, and those guys have been on site at your uh, school district just a little bit, right? Your Nutanix stuff getting going. Uh-oh. Corey's Yeah. Uh, and I think that – can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Okay, I, I just turned my video off. My internet is flaking. Can I ask like our, our listeners to send me money for better internet? Is that faux pas? Like help Corey it, out in his base. It could be faux pas, but I don't think that <laughs> is, is against anything we've not pursued before. Um, well, yeah, but anyways, uh, they actually will be on site tomorrow and they hope to get uh, a lot done tomorrow. Maybe as even like where it's basically done besides getting vSphere installed. So very exciting times. Corey and I both use Nutanix or, or, or we're both moving to that. I've been using it, but he's moving to that for our server solution. Uh, and we got that good stuff. Good stuff, right, Corey? We got that good stuff from Jeremy Porter at somethingcool.com. Sales. Sales at somethingcool.com. What I say? Jeremy um, Porter. Don't email that. Sales <laughs> at somethingcool.com. So what uh, else is going on? I mean, we got we're at end of school. When is your last day? Next week, next Friday. That's when ours is too. All next week, we collect Chromebooks across the district. Huh? So I don't do that. Like we're just cart based. Like, is that a big deal for your department? We it 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 only is because we have opted to try to do good PR, like with our libraries that are mostly impacted. So like we kind of split up we work with the librarians like we will go to the building that's collecting one or two of us will hang out while it's going down 
I'm usually the one that walks around and like if the screen is cracked or there's a missing key, they want me to look at it really quick to make the call on if it's an insurance claim or if we're letting it go or whatever. Does um, does your district have a pretty hard policy on like no under no circumstance does a kid get to keep it over summer? We do have special circumstances like high school. If they're taking college classes for dual credit kind of stuff, uh, there'll be a small percentage of kids that are doing that. We just make them write their name down on this list. And like we verify with the counselor that they're taking a dual credit class. Uh, high school is going to do a little bit of virtual stuff over summer. So we'll have some Chromebooks out for that. There's usually, I know I've done a couple elementaries, uh, like special cases where they're doing some, some tutoring throughout the summer or something. We try to, you know, work with, as long as we know it's a legitimate need for education, like we, we try to work with it, but it, yeah. it is always more difficult to get those back. Like it just is. And then how do you store all of them? So we have cabinets uh, on wheels that we will, uh, wheel them to the library for collection. And then we go put them away, you know, and then we clean all summer. Uh, so we usually have some part-time help for disinfecting and wiping things down, but we just have a bunch of, you know, pretty tall cabinets that we keep all the Chromebooks in. And, and so do you like stick like a, like, like, you know, your kids come back, like, how do you identify like, all right, here's Johnny's Chromebook, like easily, you know what I mean? Yeah. So for us, for one, we love when a building gets new Chromebooks uh, because you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about alphabetical order or little Johnny's, you know, in anything. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. So like our middle school, uh, they will get new Chromebooks. So collection goes a lot quicker. Um, you know, so like if, if you're going to use that Chromebook the following year and there's a key missing on the keyboard, obviously that's a concern for another year. So we make sure we get that fixed. If we're going to give that Chromebook, we, we do leasing most of the time. If we're going to get that Chromebook back and give it back to the leasing company, you know, that keyboard might be close to 60 bucks to fix. Uh, we'll just let the key be off the keyboard and see if we get dinged by the leasing company or not. Uh, gotcha. We do tables though. So we'll have kids that will bring their Chromebook, but they forget to bring their charger. So we stack all those missing charger, uh, you know, cases and Chromebooks on a table uh, and then either the kid brings it in uh, and we put it with his Chromebook uh, or, you know, I'll buy a bunch of chargers and we, you know, put those all back into that stack uh, before the school year starts. Uh, but for the, so for the years that are repeating, like we collected little Johnny and little Susie uh, when we collect, we don't care what order they go into. We just push them all into the cabinet. Uh, but when we disperse uh, the librarians spend quite a bit of time, uh, doing alphabetical order stuff as best they can to try Ooh. to make that go quick. And they're like, we do little ID cards, like on the outside of the case gotcha. to make that happen. It's not hmm. fun. Like it's, and it's just time. Right. What do you guys do? Let's talk about this end of the year. I had just sent out an end of the year email to my teachers. Do you do anything like that where you kind of ask them to do particular things before they leave? Yeah. Uh, <coughs> sorry. I'm hit and miss on that. Some, some years I do some years I don't, uh, actually funny, funny you brought that up. I was looking through my email just yesterday, uh, reminding myself like the past emails I sent, uh, I did not send one last year. That makes sense. Cause we actually weren't in session. 
Uh, so, you know, I, I'm debating on sending one out or not. Uh, normally, if I do, it's basically a reminder of like internet safety, device safety. Like, hey, reminder, like if anything, you're at home. Uh, preface all, I mean, 99% of our staff uh, that have a computer, it's a laptop. Uh, most of them, especially at the higher grade levels, middle school and up, the teachers for sure take them home over summer. So if anything, I'll remind them like, hey, you're away from the network. And our network offers you, you know, many more layers of security than, than your home Wi-Fi. So if anything, you need to be extra diligent about using your stuff. And then I also would say, like, uh, if you do take it home, please just make sure you turn it on every once in a while so that when you bring it back in August, it's not getting two and a half months worth of updates. Uh, I keep it pretty, you know, pretty technical like that. How do you, so I do an email, so kind of. I mean, I'm learning from you because we're moving to teacher laptops uh, this coming summer. Um, so like their documents uh, or their photos, all that kind of stuff. How does that stuff get backed up for them? Oh, we, it doesn't. Um, so we don't, we don't sync any of the, any of their directories like that. We still have the traditional H drives. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and we push out Google file stream, which I don't even know if it's called that anymore. Drive file stream, uh, which puts a G drive on yes. their, on their computer as well. And we preach use your H drive or G drive. If it's saved in downloads, if it's saved in documents, if it's saved in desktop, it's kind of like, you know, it's sorry. <laughs> like, right. And we hate to be that way. And, and, and if we've ever had a crash and we've had a few, like we will do the best we can to recover the drive. But the, at the end of the day, it's a sorry. Like it right. wasn't, you know, sorry, you didn't save your stuff where you're supposed to. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of the end of it. We've dealt with, so I'll do the email about like, cause we, we do have desktops right now. So if they save to their documents folder, it's, it's going to their, you know, H drive. Uh, but we have all kinds of staff that will save to just like the desktop or the downloads folder, you know, important files and stuff. So I email out something to remind them of that. Uh, but then we'll have like staff that move around or teachers that move around uh, and they want to take their computer with you. Do you, do you allow that Corey? How, okay. Actually with, with, with laptops, like what's your naming scheme? How do you track your laptops and who has what? Uh, building number, and then like whatever laptop it is. So like uh, e high school would be HS-100-TLT, meaning teacher laptop. Okay. And then if there's two teachers in the room, the second one would be TLT2. Um, so and no, uh, for sure a special, or I mean a regular classroom teacher, and it's a hard no to move the laptop. Um, okay. uh, special education, that gets a little different. Uh, well, one, cause they roam and then they'll switch classrooms year over year, depending on like, so, cause some teachers just follow with a set of kids, um, rather than they have a, like a static room where kids flow in and out. So we're, we're for sure more lenient on that, but we will do the work of changing the name accordingly. If they like, if they go to a new room, we will, you know, tell them like, Hey, we need your computer for 20 minutes so we can change the name. We don't tell them that. So, so you let them keep their laptop, but then you spend the time changing the name. If, if it's a special education teacher uh, and it's deemed necessary, like I will bring it up to the special ed director, like, hey, 
does does Jan need need it? I heard Jan's moving. Will she be okay uh, inheriting the new laptop, or does she does she have a bunch of files and stuff yeah. that really we don't want to bother with moving? It's super confidential stuff, and 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 she she will tell me, and I'll I'll, I'll usually know before having that conversation. But I, you know, I just I like having that conversation with her. But then we will absolutely do the work to to name them because we do live by those names. So we oftentimes have elementary teachers that really shuffle around a lot. So we wondered about like if you could let them just keep keep the laptop. If our naming, you know, structure scheme made sense for that. So you don't really do that. You tell them even though it's a laptop, like you're going to leave that laptop with that room. Oh, for sure. Like, and we'll have, we'll have several moves coming up and I will, I will, and always have, we'll create an email with the teachers that I've been told are moving and they'll get an email from me. And one of the lines will be your laptop stays. If you need help transferring your files, let us know. Cool. I mean, and all of our laptops are the same. Like we buy all our laptops within for our entire district within two years of each other. So most like almost, I think I'm on my third cycle since being at my district and the, the, the models have always been the same. So, you know, and like they, you know, unless, unless you're like a teacher, a previous teacher just didn't take care of her laptop and the new teacher's like, man, this, I mean, the model's the same, right? And we'll give it a wipe down, you know, and we'll give them a new, a new laptop bag to make it, especially for new teachers though, for sure. Like, you know, we'll make sure the laptop's as clean as possible. They'll get a new laptop bag. But, I mean, they can tell, like, oh, this was somebody else. But, of course, we're not going to buy new laptops for every time a teacher gets hired either. Right, right. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to start. We're doing – we're just going to add it, our teacher laptops as part of our rotation plan. So, it's going to take us a couple years to rotate all the teachers into laptops. But – uh, this coming summer will be our first building with teachers getting laptops. Cause I think previously, I think they'll they get, like them. yeah, they like our model before was you have a windows desktop computer and then we give you a Chromebook <laughs> so that you're familiar with what a Chromebook is. And you know, it makes sense with the kids. Well, everybody knows what a Chromebook is now. So it doesn't really make as much sense to right with to the two device thing. There is, I mean, and you'll go through it. Uh, I think it'll take a while, but there is, there's a difference between your staff having a laptop and a desktop. Like at my previous district, it was, you know, maybe, and it was a, you know, a much larger district than my, the, where I'm at now. And I'm talking, we maybe had t- maybe 15, 20 staff that their daily driver was a laptop. Right. And I mean, it was almost 99% desktop. Well, desktop, you come in, you use it. It feels very corporate. It's managed. And then you stop using it at the end of the day. Well, laptop, there does feel like a little more ownership. So, I mean, like one, as a technology department, you have to have different safeguards in place. So the thing's even usable because uh, yes. if they can't take it home and use it, then why get laptops? Right. You know what I mean? So right. like the, that's different. And then your teachers start to feel like, well, I've, I don't know how many times I've had staff be like, you know, they're leaving the district or retiring, whatever. Be like, hey, Corey, this is my only computer. Like, when do I have to give it back? Like that's mind blowing to me because would you but say, like it's real? I feel like you've said this. You've had some faculty staff that like they never had owned a laptop before. No, no. Like I've legit had multiple staff be like, Corey, this is my only computer. I'm I'm either waiting on my other district to get me one or I'm going to buy one because I'm retiring. 
right. when's the last possible date I can turn it in? And it's just like, that's crazy. Right. But I, but it's also like, you know, they're nice. Like we spend about a thousand dollars per laptop. So these people are getting a nice laptop that they've been taking home for four years. Yeah. So of course they're going to, you know, they stick stickers on them. We don't like go around like, Hey, take your stickers off. Like they're definitely, and I guess it's good and bad. It's good where they, they try to take care of it, but then also it just brings in different things like a desktop you don't have to deal with. Right. Right. So, yeah, but I, I mean, I, I think your staff will really appreciate it. And that's like for us again. So we were buying a windows desktop computer, say that's with a monitor, whatever, I don't know, 600, 700 bucks or something. Well, then we were already buying a Chromebook. So we're already investing 300 or so dollars. So like that dollar amount you just said, like the budget's kind of already established for us. Right. We just have to push those devices together. And then it makes a lot of sense. Right. All right, cool. Uh, let's see what else. Midwest Tech Talk 2021 coming up. That's July 19th and 20th. Are we going to have a booth? I mean, K-12 Tech, K-12, Talk? K-12 Tech Talk. We could, and we can sign stuff. Like, yeah, like, I really want to get, like, headshots, and we'll sign our headshots. I'm not against uh, Josh is His have to be printed on, like, uh, what is that? Is that legal? Legal size? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it has to be, land, like, landscape. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, Midwest Tech Talk, July 19th and 20th. We will be there. Uh, it is in person at the Lake of the Ozarks. You can go to MidwestTechTalk.com uh, to check out the schedule. Uh, in person, attendee is 150 bucks. That includes food, drink, and swag. Uh, or it's online for 75 bucks, and we still ship you the swag, but we don't ship you food and drink. Uh, Provision Data Solutions is a proud sponsor of K-12 Tech Talk and Midwest Tech Talk Corps. Do you want to talk about them really quick? I do. Uh, we actually just received a second shipment of E-rate stuff. Unfortunately, it's the uh, not fun stuff. It was a bunch of new wiring cabinets and more battery backups. I forgot how big a battery backup box was. And funny, like I was gone when they arrived. And so they just, the, the custodian, which I really appreciated, they just plied in my office and like, like I couldn't get to my desk. That's funny. Cause like my office was just full of battery backup boxes. But anyways, provision data solutions. Uh, like I talked about last week and like we talk about every week, they, they do awesome stuff with wireless network, networking stuff, uh, Aruba clear pass, but then they also do the, uh, the other stuff that nobody sees the, uh, hanging of the, of uh network cabinets uh running cable uh putting in battery backups uh ryan rothkoff he is a very handsome guy you can give him an email at ryan r at provision ds.com and you mentioned ClearPass, and actually aruba is also a sponsor of this podcast uh, so you can check out aruba uh for all your wired and wireless needs uh but we've been moving towards uh, one SSID uh, and using ClearPass for that. And this week, so all of our Chromebooks are moved over uh, to the one SSID that we're going to end up just having ultimately. Uh, and then this week we started moving over all of our Windows wireless devices. So I've mentioned before, we have Kaseya. I mean, you can do it group policy, you can do it different ways, but we did a Kaseya script uh, to start moving over our Windows uh, wireless devices to this one SSID that will also be for our guest portal uh, or our, our bringer on device network. You'll just join 
this one thing and you get, if it's a known district device, you don't get a, a prompt at all. It just knows by Mac address. Uh, or if, if it's an unknown device, then you're going to get a prompt uh, for you to say who you are and agree to our terms. Uh, but I don't know the double plug there, Aruba, that's Aruba stuff. And it's been great. ClearPass is an amazing tool uh, that we're just now scratching the surface of. Uh, but then Provision Data Solutions has been helping us uh, with all of that. Because the whole one SSID thing has brought up some interesting stuff like Chromebooks. So Google Admin talks to ClearPass, you know, dumps in all what devices you have. And it dumps uh, MAC address over. And then that's how ClearPass knows to not give the prompt. Well, kind of interesting when you uh, have a brand spanking new Chromebook and you enroll it really quick, if you're super quick about it, it doesn't populate the MAC address into Google Admin Console. You know, the Chromebook has to be on for just a couple minutes hmm. uh, to get the MAC address. Well, we had had like a new uh, cart of Chromebooks that, you know, we we're just chugging through enrollment. Well, it didn't populate in Google Admin Console, uh, which means ClearPass couldn't see the MAC address. Uh, which means that those Chromebooks that were given to these elementary kids are getting that pop-up that's not supposed to be there about who are you. So you, you just work through that. Like you figure that out. Okay, if this Chromebook can be on for like three minutes after enrollment, everything's going to work beautifully the next time it's turned on. But right. for, for us with that, uh, that also meant, and it, it not, not too hard to do, but the easiest thing to do with all of that, uh, with kind of how the procedure can work, is although we'll have one SSID, we're going to have another one that's like a hidden one that's just for tech. Right. It's only spun up like in our office in one other spot. That will be what we enroll Chromebooks with and make sure that they get connected and they get the Google settings that say to go to the other SSID. That's our legit one. And that kind of makes that process work really smoothly. So anyways, we talked to Jeff at Provision this week. He's going to help us get started with that because he's been working with us the whole time as we're going down this clear pass road and figuring out what we're going to do with it. So your, uh, your script for windows computers, like what in that script, did it also say don't use whatever wireless? Yeah, we did. It was it is, is a bunch of, uh, it's like three or four net, net SH commands like it. So we set it a computer and connected to our new SSID. Uh, and then we ran a command on that computer to give us the, uh, like the XML pro, like the wireless profile, like the Windows file that is that. And then we put that into a script uh, that we're running on the machines that says dump this, dump this profile in. So then now that computer knows how to connect to the SSID. And then we say like, make that priority one uh, and make that an SSID that you auto connect to. Uh, and then we say, make the old one, like a priority two, uh, and then you can get into like, and don't auto connect to that. Nice. So then after it, so it's been kind of interesting too. Sometimes computers will get that little script that we've made and they kind of automatically move over. Uh, and other computers need a quick reboot. Right. And then they're fine. So again, like you're, you're migrating. So you have days to go by. So we're pushing the script. Okay. That's all we did today. Tomorrow when the computer comes on, it's moved over to the new thing. Nice. Yeah, it's been pretty cool. And then hopefully this summer we turn off all the old and then we're just, I mean, we're just in it. We're just doing one SSID, which I never thought that would have happened. Right. Like I have three, I've only ever had three 
And I, and I know I think Aruba says like no, like their their recommendation is no more than three. So I always I always felt good with three. Yeah. But like I never I and I and like I was like, man, three's pretty good. Like for how many devices I have, what all we got going on, like I feel completely fine with three. Yeah. But like, yeah, to get down to one would be like awesome. I'm just really excited about all the confusion about with faculty staff and and it's my lack of communication, I guess, too, but they don't know what what's the bring your own device one or what's guest right. or, you know, we'll get a call like, Hey, I'm trying to connect my computer to blah, blah, blah. And they're trying to join the one that they're not allowed to get on. It just takes right. all that away. Like, yeah. And I, I think that would be, and, and, and we're hoping maybe that my district will go this clear path route as well. And I think that's the number one benefit. Like we have a, we don't have an, a, a true guest network. We have a BYOD staff and students can bring a personal device and then they're asked to authenticate. Yeah. Uh, well, this would just eliminate that. Like, you want to be a guest? Here's a guest. You know, you can't I, access YouTube. You can't do this. And then if you want to authenticate, go for it. I really, I mean, the management and all the techie stuff is fantastic. I really think the PR that we're going to get yeah. is going to, it's going to prove it. Because like, yes. even the piddly stuff, like the splash screen is pretty cool looking. Yeah, I and saw like it. The little user good. agreement thing, it get, like it's all slick. Yep. So, and that's all the end user is going to, they're going to be like, man, this is really impressive now. And they're not even seeing what all it does behind the scenes, but. Right. No, we're excited for that. It's been a long time coming, but, and again, we won't fully do it till the summer, but we started this week uh, on the window stuff. You got anything else? No, I mean, I think we absolutely crushed it. I think we killed it. Like, I mean, who, how are we going to, one, do you think Josh will even listen to this? No. I, I, I'm 50 50. Like, I, I would bet more that he wouldn't finish it. Like, I'm 50 50. He'll listen to, like, did these guys, like, the first three or four minutes to make sure, like, it was to his liking. What's a phrase like, we should have a secret phrase that we say right now? And that's what he has to say so that we can acknowledge that he listened. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Hippopotamuses. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Hippopotamuses. <laughs> so we'll text him like whenever he says, yeah, I listened to it. What we'll do is just text hippo question mark. <laughs> and let's see what he says. Yeah. Hippopot like hippopotamuses. Yep. All right. Well, it's been an episode. Good talking to you, Corey. All right, man. Oh, what's Josh always saying? You always say something. Um, because you say till next time. Till next time. I got it. I got it. Until next time. Bye bye.